What up, everybody? Welcome to Retrofiz Gaming Weekly. I am Night Tide. He is Sean, and we are here to bring you informations. Both of those things are true. Maybe even some opinions. Opinions. I love it when we speak French. <laughs> oh, I mean, it, it it just broadens our horizon for where we can grow. Like I appreciate tarjet. that about us. I got tarjet. to go do the Walmart day. Walmart day. Anyway. If you uh, if you don't parlez-vous the français, we can speak in the English for the audience. That's big Latin. Uh, anyway, excuse so, me, sir. That's je ne parle pas français. <laughs> uh, yeah, he so. actually speaks French. So that's a funny. It's a funny thing. It's a coinky dink. Anyway, welcome to the show. You can't this fix week. the car, but I can. I can. I can find the biblioteca <clears> in <throat> Paris. So our bibliotheque. Yeah. Anywho, proceed. Yep. So. So welcome. Uh, it is it is the week of October twenty fifth, and that's a very special week in all of our hearts because it is the week that COD finally comes out. We've been talking about it enough. You're probably like, "Oh my God, they're talking about COD again," or yep. you're probably like we are, and we're like, "Give us more Call of Duty." Pretty much. Yes, and, I, and I see. That's not fair. Like, I need. I I I can't make the sounds like that, man. You How are you gonna? You're 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 wanting me to bun after the guy in front of me hit a home run. Like, what is this? Look, it's color commentary. It is no oh, consequence. Yeah. You you are it, the brains. I just I provide the unbelievable. Fun. You know what? I know I see what you're doing right now. Not appreciated, but anywho, I what I'm just saying that you're lovely and you smell Thank like you. vanilla um, I, and and lavender and lavender. Actually, my soap, vanilla and lavender. Oddly enough, how you know how how the world works? Small world. Yes. Anywho, proceed. Cod, Cod is coming. We are so all over the place tonight. It's fine. It. Cod, Cod is here. Okay, like we're gonna be real with you guys. There's literally nothing happening this week except Cod. Well, it, and Outer Worlds, but we'll get and to Outer that. Worlds, and we'll get into that. So, so yeah, we've we've got some stuff to talk about this week. Actually, we're we're making something out of not a whole lot for you this week. So I hope that you enjoy. We're gonna be ourselves and talk about fun things. But if you really want a good laugh, I'm just going to go ahead and plug the Retroface show, which you should totally oh. go listen to because, wow, it's I know one of those my favorite people. things of the week. Go do it. It just is. Search for Retroface. Every, every week I feel a little fun. dirtier. Every week I think it gets a little better <coughs> <laughs> to listen to. Anyway. I, I was there, but anywho. <laughs> Let's get into my favorite segment of the week, and that is the free. So, uh, Xbox Live Gold. Hey, you still got Tembo and Ninja Gaiden 3. Uh, Dude, Sony. Tembo is really hanging on. Dude, he hangs on every week, man. Sony, uh, MLB 19, the show. Oh, I got to download that. Please do that. If you haven't, do that. This kind of. Oh, see, God, I got to get PlayStation Plus. <laughs> this is why we talk about this. This is why we talk about this every week, so we can remind ourselves I, to go download right? all this crap. Uh, and then Last of Us Remastered. So, if you don't have those two things, do those. Uh, Epic Games is still currently rocking um, um, Observer Alan in Alan Wake American Nightmare. However, literally like tomorrow. So by the time you listen they to this, share a day. you will have lost it. You will have lost the opportunity to get those games. So hope you got them. And you will currently be looking at Layers of Fear and Cubo 2 as the free things to download from Epic Store through the end of the month. So hop on those. Uh, and then the the exciting one, I guess, of of this is that New to Game Pass this week on Friday is The Outer Worlds, mm -hmm. which we talked about a little bit last week. And and that's going to be coming out. So if you have Game Pass, that is going to be free for you. You do right. not need to go buy it. So a lot of people, actually, I saw a lot of people on Twitter today. They were like, oh, God, do I get COD or do I get Outer Worlds? And I'm like, if you have Game Pass, you already have Outer Worlds. Go buy COD. It's very simple. One you have to pay for to play. The other one you probably already have a subscription to play. Done deal. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is your free for the week. See how quick we, we did that? That's insanely fast, actually. Well, so here, I'm going to make this even faster. So guys, games that come out this week, uh, you have... You, you, I'm remembering your, your commentary last week. You got... Uh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, I was thinking Digimon, and it's not. That, that actually doesn't come out this week. Uh, COD comes out. Medieval comes out, and the Outer Worlds all come out on Friday. Next week, you that got is. a couple remakes, and then you've got Luigi's Mansion 3. So that's this weekend, next week. See how quickly that's we're already going through the content of this show? 
We've, we were approximately five minutes in and we BS'd for the first two and a half. Right. That's, that's, we're sorry. We're, it's, a, you know what? it's a rough, it's a rough, rough week. This is what it's like during the summer too. So don't, so don't worry about it. That being said, uh, we'll I've got, I've got a couple of things, a couple of things sure. um, on That's the outer worlds, on the outer worlds. It has already reviews have already come out. Uh, people are, are really giving it favorable reviews and, and are saying that it's a, a solid adventure. It's a good world. The characters are good. The world's fun. It's not as, as super polished as you might. I don't know. It's not super polished as, as like your, I don't even want to say, cause that's not kind of what they said. They just said it's not, doesn't feel like it has that layer of polish to like knock it over the edge to, to like, this is knocking it out of the park, but it's, it's super fun and playable and so smooth are, and all are that the, kind of stuff. Are they trying to say it doesn't have like the mass appeal of like a Skyrim or something like that? Then like it, it, it's going to, I think that's what they're getting at. Is very that, much go towards like the, the Western RPG style of game, but it's not really going to have like, a broader scope of like all of a sudden they're like people that don't really play video games as much are actually trying it out. Yeah. I mean, the, the, one, that big. the one review that I actually kind of dove into a bit, because I typically don't do that is Jez's review from windows central. And his, mm -hmm. his sentiment was, it feels like if you were to, to try and make it akin to something, it's got the bones of being a franchise. These are his words as the bones of being a franchise that's on par with Skyrim and mass effect and, and Dragon Age and these, and these big, you know, sweeping RPGs. Sure. And he hopes that they continue to, that this game is a success so they continue to make more. Again, over, over, like really, really strong positive things coming from right. Jess. The, the thing he said though, is that if he had to equate it, it feels more like a Mass Effect 2, where Mass Effect 1 was kind of a mess when it came to systems. Oh and they didn't God, really I, ha it. I hated Mass Effect 1. <clears throat> but the jump from Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2 was like life-changing. But it wasn't perfect, right. right? And so they still had additional things that they needed to refine. And Mass Effect 3 was kind of a, a much better way of doing that. But he goes, it feels very much like in that vein of a Mass Effect 2. And I was like, yeah. that's good. I mean, that's, that's, that's a certainly, that's a, that's a super huge compliment. Mass Effect 2 is a great game. Um, but even right. from like a systems and how it plays perspective in, in terms of a, a, a level, not a direct comparison, he said it's kind of at that level. So I think that's, I still think that that's ringing endorsement for the game, especially from Jez, because Jez can be super savage with games. Um, I think that that's a, that's a, a good, a good, again, ringing endorsement for the game. So, I, I, I am seeing, I mean, going by Metacritic, which mm -hmm. is just a, a bunch of them. It's, it's, except for a, three, literally three are mixed. The rest are positive with a 75 and up Yeah, out of a hundred. So, I mean, it's, it's, people are, 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 favoring it yeah i mean it's a brand new studio it's a brand new ip i think they they've got some stuff in fact i think uh jez even alluded to the fact that they're working on other projects i was gonna say didn't well. obsidian do this or, yeah. or, okay so other projects as well so there's there's lots lots of good stuff coming <clears throat> out of out of all of those things it's it's good it, it it's looking favorable i don't think it's something that you should sleep on if you're someone that's not excited by either cod or medieval this week maybe that's your jam sci-fi space opera and it's on game pass so you literally doesn't cost you anything if you don't have game pass god it's like five bucks a month like exactly i mean it's it's worth it's worth it for you to buy a month of game pass to play the game instead of buying the game outright although if you want to support the developers you can always then buy it after the fact it's up to you. I, I I think that's like something a lot of people overlook because I I saw this was actually a conversation I saw on Twitter. Now that you said that, yep, is that someone's like, oh, this was either a free game or games with gold or Game Pass. It's like, how do I support the developer? And in my head, if it is on Game Pass, those people are already getting money from Microsoft to be on there. Sure. Um, but that being said, like you can always still like even though you're done with the game or you might have it on Game Pass or something like that, you can still buy the game to support them. Like, you know, and if it's you never know pass, when you... you do get a discount. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. So it's one of those things that like never overlook the fact that just because you have access to it doesn't mean that you, you know, don't buy it because that's still the best way for them to be supported is that you just give the them game. the money for the game. <laughs> right. And, and make no mistake. If you have a game pass subscription, it's the same thing as Netflix. You can watch those movies all you want, but once they're, once they're gone, you can't play them anymore unless you own right. them. Right. So if you really want to own the game, you really liked it that much. Buying the game is the best way to go about doing that. Yep. Now, couple 
couple things about Call of Duty because there's going to be a vast number of you that are coming into this, and it's been a good month or so since we right. last talked about the beta. And uh, I, I want to I want to kind of reiterate a few things for you to really hopefully help you out a bit. And I think that that would be helpful. What do you think? Let's do it, man. So first the COD thing, deep dive. For, first first thing is campaign is actually supposed to be really good in this one. So don't okay, skip. Have you campaign. have you have you heard how long it's supposed to be? I I'm assuming it's an eight to like 10 are hour we going campaign. to get? I was going to say, are we going to get our normal eight to ten hour thing, or like a more scaled down? Like let's at least try to appease these people somewhat, so it's going to be like a three to six. Oh no, I think it's certainly going to be an eight to ten hour campaign. It there, there's. I feel like this is a game they very much can't mess up on. Let me let me put it to you this way: I've been listening to the soundtrack for the game because the soundtrack came out earlier this right. week on Spotify. And there are, and again, this is not necessarily an indicator of levels and things like that, but there are 29 individual tracks on that OST and they all have names that in my opinion would probably be akin to level names, <laughs> right? Right. Things that I don't want to say because I don't so want to potentially spoil anything. They are, but they're very thematic in, in how they're titled. Um, like. Uh, there's a track called Safe House or one called Off Limits, right? One's called Fog of War. Those are very nebulous terms that I'm using, but like those are things that I think could also be titles of names or or sections of maps. So the fact that there's 29 of them is a fair amount of that's a fair amount of music that Sarah came up with. Sarah Schachner, the the composer. Right. It's a fair amount of music she wrote for the game. So I, I would assume that most of that gets used in the actual campaign. It's a fair amount of music. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, hey. Let's hope. Let's I'm hope. thinking there's a decent chunk of campaign there. So don't overlook the campaign. It, it's been touted as it, there was a little controversy with the campaign when they first released clips of it because there's some very right. graphic, polarizing content in there that's meant to be modern warfare <laughs> like, that's meant to represent modern warfare in fact there's a there's supposed to be sections where you are in a you know third world represented country and, right. and having to which they did make the country up i to yeah the country's really not, not a real country yeah, yeah. They, it, it's it's meant to represent a middle eastern country but it's not an actual country but there's there's supposed to be points where you're from the point of view of someone who lives there as a native and is being, you know, persecuted right. by the people that are there. That's a that's a heavy just thing to think about, much less have to experience in the form of a game. How or anything dare else. you make me feel feelings in my game? I know. So when you when you know that there's gonna be stuff like that in there, that at least that perspective, because right. the main character is that like one of the main characters is from that perspective, Farah. That's a it's gonna be heavy. It's gonna be a heavy game. It's this is not gonna be like black ops like Hey, it's all a mind trip, and you know we're just. Well, I mean, modern warfare has always had like very heavy, very sad scenes. The nuke scene, oh, the airport yeah. scene, like it's like you can tell this. This has to be from people who have never played like, especially these cods before. Oh yeah, because that's like I saw it, and I was like, cool. It looks like they're they're kind of like riding the same rope that they did before, and now like all of a sudden people are upset. It's like where, where, what? I, I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that people I'm going to, I'm going to be careful in how I phrase this. I think people are more sensitive today than they were back then. I think that we are hypersensitive as a culture to, to these types of things. And there is a tendency for people to get upset and then to kind of have outcry because right. they feel like it shouldn't exist. Well, the thing is, it's a video game. It's a, it's ultimately an, a piece of art. But if it's an actual opinion, representation, be more upset that this is a thing that can actually happen I, as opposed I, to being forced into like, yeah, that I think that's what bothers me is where I it's could like, not agree with you more. Yeah. This <laughs> very much feels like let's sweep it under the rug and pretend like this isn't a thing kind yeah. of ordeal. Right. Like, you know, like you if you're upset about it, buy the game, you don't have to play the campaign if you don't want to, you nope. know, like you playing the campaign is something that they track in the statistics of the game and how they finish and how they inform whether or not they make more campaigns. They obviously didn't put one in black ops because no one really played the third one. So, Hey, <laughs> Hey, that was a really, 
really long filling campaign. I don't even know if it was like actually long. It just felt like it was. God, it went on forever. That's not always a good sign. Yeah, yeah. The brain. You know what? I don't even want to talk about it. That that was not a fun campaign. Yeah. So there you go. So point is, is that the campaign is actually supposed to be really good. They they're bringing. It is a it is a reimagining of the modern warfare setting using some characters from the original trilogy, such as Captain Price, but it is completely separate and, vo- and devoid of the original storyline. So you need to keep in mind going into this that the storyline from Modern Warfare 1, 2, and 3 Different does universe. not exist in this new universe. It never happened. So I already had people asking me questions about that. They're like, well, huh? What ha-? I'm like, it's completely different. They're you ever like, seen Doctor oh. Who? Like that. I need to actually see Doctor Who because I haven't. That's like, don't worry. I know. I know. Look, I'm catching up. Okay. I was under a rock for a lot of time. Okay. I, I, I admit this. It's just time. Finally, you, I finally time watched the evil dead all the way through. Okay. Like, give me a break. I'd seen pieces of it. I'd never seen the whole thing all the way through. Now I've seen it. I Which evil better. dead? The original. The original. Okay. Yes. The original. The, the, the remake's good too. Yeah. It, I've, it, I've, I've heard the, the remake's actually excellent. It doesn't, it doesn't get the props it deserves. I, I bet. I actually started watching the wife and I, we, because of how we like to allocate our time at night, a lot of times we split movies between two nights. So we're like, we'll watch like an hour, an hour and a half, and then we'll watch the right. rest of the next night. So we started watching Midsummer tonight, which is the, the next movie from the creators of Hereditary. Yep. I'm, I'm excited. It's, it just got cooking a little bit before we stopped and, and oh, it's, it's, it's going to heat up real good. It's, it's going to cook. It's going to cook. Wicker man. It's the wicker man. Not the bees. Anywho. Not the bees. Anyway. So, so yeah, so play, play the campaign or at least attempt the campaign. I've heard really, really good things from people that have played it. I also watched many interviews where they talked about, look, while there's going to be certainly heavy themes in the game, it's, it's an experience that includes some comedy and some action and some excitement right, and right, some right. sense of victory. But then there's also, the I mean, reality, the other modern right? warfare had, that's the thing. Like, you know, the, the other modern warfares, they weren't just like shock value. Like no. they had a personality. They actually had themes. They had likable characters. They had characters that you really wanted to kill. Yep. And so it's, it's one of those things. Like, I think that gets overlooked for like how shocking it was like playing that game is that like, it was just a good game. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the reason they, they said that their, their explanation for showing some of the more heavy pieces early was mm-hmm. not necessarily even put it out there early, but was just to show that they're going back for a sense of realism. Right. They're really trying to get back to, this is a modern conflict. This is supposed to be representative today. Actually, this is funny on the same lines. I've had conversations with a lot of people about like the guns in the game. They're like, why is there, why is there like a, you know, like an old surplus rifle in here. Like, what's that doing? And I'm like, it's because those are weapons that are still used in war today. Like, they don't, they're not building, you know, weapons. They don't yeah. have access to weapons the way that we do in America. It's not all lasers, man. Yeah, like, they, they they have surplus weapons. If they get anything they can get their hands on. So a lot of these, like, older kind of World War II, Vietnam era rifles and things that you see in the game, which there aren't a ton, but there are some. The, right. the reason they're there is because that's representative of the area. So it's, it's kind of an interesting piece that they're including those things, even in the multiplayer. So there's one, two, uh, spec ops mode. No one knows what it's about yet. Previously, it was more of a horde based mode. This sounds like there's multiple things for you to do in spec ops. And again, you won't have the survival mode of spec ops, which is the wave based horde mode, apparently, unless you have PS4. Sorry. This is, this is business. It sucks. It's stupid. We're going to move on from that comment. Yeah. Next thing. We don't like a, it either. So we don't like it either. And I'm buying it on Xbox regardless. So it doesn't. Yep. Matter. Same. Uh, other thing. Make sure that you go and associate your account on Activision.com or on Call of Duty.com so you can get your Activision ID and you can play with friends across any platform because it's completely crossplay. And so that's how that works. You have an Activision ID that you can then go and add people to your Activision uh, tag, just like you can with Blizzard and with uh, um, like, if you would play high res games, there's like a high res login, like those types mm-hmm. of, of things you can use them and just make sure you associate your Xbox, or your PlayStation or your Battle.net account with that account. And you'll get an ID that you can share with your friends and go ahead and play together. So those are important tips. 
Uh, and then lastly, the best mode in the game is a brand new mode called Gunfight. And it's 2v2s, and you're going to see a lot of me and Sean playing it. So <laughs> get ready. God, it's so good. Get ready, because it's going to be awesome. And I'm excited. So yeah, don't 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 forget that there's more than just multiplayer. I guess is what I'm trying to tell right. you. Right? Like, oh yes. no, no, like it seems like a yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I, I I'm excited for this I'm, one. Yeah, I'm saying for the masses, right? If these are tips, the tips are this other stuff exists. Go play it. Shoo, go go play now. You're probably listening to this, and the game's already out. What are you doing here? No, no, no. we want you here. Listen to the rest of this, and then go play Call of Duty. It's fine. <laughs> or listen to us while you're playing Call of Duty. Even it, better. That works even better. So that's the that's the thing about COD. Um, I'm trying to think about anything else. Uh, oh, keep your eyes on Retrofizz. I'm going to be making a video unboxing and showing off the dark edition of the game. Dude, is that the one with the, the Night goggles? Vision goggles, yes. Oh my God, you actually got the goggles. That's going to be awesome. Hell yeah, I got the goggles. It's the first time in many, many years I've bought a collector's edition for anything, and I'm pumped. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, you guys can, can check that out on Retrofizz. Um, anything else relating COD? I don't, I don't think so. I think that covers the main bits I, of it. We're very much, I feel like just definitely going to do a deep dive of it once we get our hands on it and actually get to see what all it's going to be. And yeah, so there's, it's, there's it's, already videos out there from that. We did for the beta that we talk about right. all this stuff. If you, if you're interested in that, go check that out, uh, and, and get some those things. Cause those comments are still valid. I know that they've made some updates based on feedback from the beta. Um, like how they're doing lighting from inside and outside in the beta. It was very, very hard to see inside areas that were darker than outside. Yes. Dear God. Which was, a, which was very realistic. Like, don't get me wrong. It's super realistic, but it was not very competitive. So apparently the leaks from people that have played so far say that they have adjusted that and that it is doing better. It seems that they've zoomed out the mini map a little bit, a couple things like that, that, that are kind of quality of life pieces that uh that i think are going to be good but we'll cover all of that when we get there uh and then and i mean that's really it that's really all i got on cod and outer world so again outer worlds game pass cod right you gotta buy but it's out there expect content for all of it for sure expect content for everything um but but that said there's also not a whole lot of tea this week like almost nothing you guys Everyone have been good this week. I'm proud well of you, Internet. Behaved, right? I know you probably effed up in some way. I just didn't see it. That said, if you have stuff you want to send to us and things for us to talk about, make sure you hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, DMs. Just hit us up and give us your stuff. But we do have something to talk about. We have a Retrofizz review discussion Ooh. of Code Vein. Because I just finished it last night. Was Code Vein good? <laughs> yes phenomenal we'll see you guys next week no okay so you saw so i posted on twitter some initial yeah. reactions that were kind of like a mini review of systems and you saw that and when i was hanging out in your stream you're like hey i want to talk to you about that so i'm Very giving you opportunity so. let's talk you're giving let's talk about it man no okay so literally you gave it one you gave it fun out of 10 funds that's, which which is a bad way of putting that. When I say that, I mean like it's just yeah, fun. I, Play it. Yeah, it's a good game. So I mean, like it, it's one of these things. Let's give give us a give us a a taste of what the game actually is. Okay. Because like you said, you compared it to a very much a a, a souls like experience, except with like different kinds of uh, mechanics and and the ability to uh, what's the uh, uh, accessibility yes. like in the combat and stuff. So so. Code Vein is it doesn't have it's it just is it is what it is. So Code Vein is developed by by uh, Bandai Namco, and it is a anime themed, very colorful, very beautiful, well animated, well drawn. You know, again, just gorgeous world that basically takes place in a in a section of the world that has kind of been segregated off from the rest of the world because there was a sickness that caused people to basically become revenants, AKA vampires and Which I not die. Yeah. They, they basically don't die. And if you do die, you come back. And as long as you're able to continue having human blood or these things called blood beads, which grow right. out of the ground, I know weird concept, 
But as long as you can get some of those, then you can retain Nature your humanity and retain your, your sense of self. The more that you die, though, the more that you lose that and you can become lost, which is basically a soulless monster. It's kind of, kind of how it is. Now, all of that, uh, all of that is a, a setup to the world, but your main character has special abilities to kind of revive the world and to handle it, things it, it in a different way. It has a crazy way. deep character customization like options, right? Like I, yes. I, I feel like I watched you like make your character for an hour. I, I spent 35 minutes creating my character and I rushed like hella rushed. I could have spent easy an hour and a half, two hours just creating my character. Uh, and it would have been fun and I would have not felt right. bad about doing so. The game has a good amount of length, but, but it, overall it is, it is still a souls like game. What does that mean? It means that you have a character, it's melee based combat. You are fighting enemies that are varied in their, their move sets and you have to. I was going to say, does everyone have a mood, uh, move set? Is it like oh, yeah. every, oh, everyone yeah. actually has their rhythm? Everyone actually has like the specific things they're going to try and attack you with. It's yep. not just like some dude flailing at you. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. There's definitely, definitely rhythm and, and varied enemies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, tons of different areas that you can explore and essentially the soul's mechanic is if you die, you lose your haze, which your blood haze, which is what you use to upgrade and stuff. It's essentially your souls from dark souls. And, right. and you have to run back and pick them up to get them. Or if you die again, before you do that, you lose them. But that's the whole upgrade, upgrade mechanic, right? Uh, and yeah. there's these things called missiles, which are part of the plants that grow out of the ground. And those are your campfires essentially that you have to rest at. And okay. if you rest at them, then all the enemies respawn in those areas. Again, souls like mechanics there's bosses oh, that you have to fight to defeat to get to the next area it the, is very the, much that that formula right right it's very well speaking of move sets there's one particular that is just amazingly devastating one of the most gruesome things i've ever seen in a video game and would you would you like to paint a picture with words on that sure so blood vein uh, or in, in code vein you have um these things called blood veils and they're essentially your armor, but the armor has special abilities and there's like four main types of abilities. The one that I got and unlocked first and stuck with the entire game was the blood claw. And essentially uh, it allows you to pull a devastating kind of stun move akin to dark souls, uh, like a dark souls repost where if you get behind an enemy, literally behind them centered for most enemies, you can activate a move that basically like, force suctions them to your person and then you spawn a claw and shove it straight up their person. Yes. Yes, that you do. And the bigger the enemy, the more awkward the animation, because sometimes you get elbow deep up in there. Yeah. The, the first, <laughs> the first one I saw was like some giant, like gray blob thing. And I was just like, Oh, Oh my. Okay. Oh my. That yeah. is uh it's awkward. That that is yeah. That was like oh, I was like it's that kind of game. Yes, it, I was like oh, but it, it's cool. But so you can be very melee focused, like I was. You can be more ranged. You can develop more magic. There's a series of blood codes that you unlock that have different abilities. So there's a very deep character customization system, even on top of your physical look. There's there's got to be twenty plus different blood codes that you could use. Mm -hmm. Each of them has special abilities that you level up and unlock and then can use on other different uh, builds and loadouts. So there's a ton of, of ways for you to really play how you want to play and have your character work the way you want to work. There's a right. few different endings to the game, depending on what you do, which is also consistent with Souls games. Um, right. But the things that really set it apart for me from a traditional Souls experience, with the exception of Sekiro, because Sekiro was, was kind of a... Well, it was built on speed up. and aggression, whereas well, Sekiro was, was still very much a Souls game. It still followed the oh, Souls yeah, sure. formula, but Sekiro did a way better job of presenting a story and actually continuing to tell that story throughout the game. Yes. Whereas it actually had a narrative. <laughs> yeah, it actually had a narrative. Whereas if you played like Dark Souls one, two, and three, if you're not someone that has studied the lore, you pretty much have no idea what the hell's going on the entire game. You're just going from area to area listening, beating bosses. Listening to people talk about the lore of Dark Souls is one of the most like confusing things as a gamer because it's literally just like they know exactly what they're talking about, but you have no clue whatsoever. And so you're literally just Not like, all. all right, like whatever, whatever book and 
sister, blah, 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 of the blah, blah, blah. I was like, fantastic. Glad you guys had a good time. It, that game makes no sense. There, There is a ton of lore, and when you learn it, it does make a ton of sense. But it's kind of like right. the first Destiny, right? Where like everybody's like, what the hell's going on? And people are like, what are you talking about? Destiny's got amazing lore. It's just all in the Grimoire cards. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't want to go to a whole separate system outside of the game to learn what the hell's going yep. on. And Bloodborne, which is another, you know, Soulsborne, that's the born part of that, is another From Software game that they did a better job of telling a story, but still not a great one. Um, you still you still were largely left in the dark unless you did things in a certain order. And and it was kind of, again, it was kind of nebulous. You had to really dive deep and really dig in. Right to understand what was going on this game there is there is an amazing amount of cutscenes uh and and like memories that you unlock throughout the game that you actually like walk through these memories which can get a bit tedious i'm not gonna lie there's a hell of a lot of them but right. going through these memories unlocks additional abilities so if you okay you you want to learn more about the characters and you want to unlock all these specific abilities and you're a completionist, you can go through and learn about these. And it really does give you a really cool peer, you know, a peek inside the backstory of all these different characters that you're interacting with today in the game. So there's a good place for it, but there is a story that stands alone on its own that progresses right. naturally through the cutscenes as you go through the game. And I'm like, Holy crap. Finally, someone gave me a souls game with an actual narrative that I can follow. Right. Holy crap. Amazing. Please. Can we all do this moving forward? But like there's, there's, good hours of video content that goes along with that. Like the, and the cutscenes are not short. They're well done. They're well voiced. They're well animated, like super good. So that was the first major thing that stood out to me was like, damn, they actually have a narrative. Yay. I want to keep going just to play the narrative. Right. So, so I, uh, I, I do have a question like yeah. it, it involves the narrative and the way souls games works. The ending you got, how many endings total are there? Is, is it like, is it like two or three or is it like, 20 two like, or three yeah there's two or three okay. there's like a there's like a de facto bad ending there's a good ending and there's like the best ending okay like which one did you get i got the good ending you got the good ending and i think in order i didn't i've watched the endings but i didn't see what it took i think in order to get the best ending you actually have to like watch all the memories and go through all those oh, okay like and, you have to actually 100 percent the game then. yes would you like if that's the case would you say with something like that that you felt like you actually kind of controlled your destiny with what ending you have, like, Absolutely. or do you kind of feel like, yeah, it was more just like, okay, here's, here's, you didn't check enough boxes. So you got this ending. No. So, so the, there's, there's a very clear delineation of what's going to get you the good ending versus the bad ending. Okay. And I would say for people that are just playing the game, unless you're trying to get the bad ending, you're probably going to get the good ending. Like it, it's not, it's not like, Oh, well, I died too many times and so I got the bad ending. Like, right. It, it's literally, there's very distinct things that you do in the game that are, that are go against what the game tells you to do. Like there's situations where it's like everyone disliked that. Yeah. It, it basically, <laughs> there's situations where you're in a position and all you have to do is push a button. And if you right. push the button, uh, all the times that you're supposed to, you're going to get the good ending. If you choose not to okay. and walk away from that situation, which is very counterintuitive to what you're supposed to be doing in the game. Right, right. Then you'll get the bad ending. Okay. But if you do, like I said, if you do everything more of like a completionist mentality, then I think you unlock the best ending. So again, narrative wise, I think it's good. I thought that, okay. that it, and it certainly took you on a ride, man. Like there are some serious mental twists and turns that, that went on there that I was not expecting. Okay. And, and a little Bandai Namco, uh, Easter egg that they chucked in there that I don't know if I want to talk about. I mean, we've, we're Ooh. a couple weeks out of the game and it doesn't spoil anything for the game specifically, but it is an interesting tidbit. What do you think? Should we share it? Or I, I, yeah, go ahead. I think we're, hang on. Let me code vein. Uh, initial release date was May 31st. That must've been in Japan. Um, I, I feel like we're a month out from that game being released. So, I'll just September, say this. September 27th. It's been four days. It's been a month. It's I, been a month. Okay. I think that's fair. I, this conversation has led up to the point that you're about to hear a spoiler. Yes. If you so not give like us, to hear the spoiler, then... Give us 30 seconds. Yeah, we'll give you 30 seconds. The, the spoiler is, I'm fairly certain it's in the God Eater universe. Oh. 
Because there's a point in the game where you it see... It does kind of look God Eater-ish. You're not wrong. There's there's a point in the game where you see a creature that is certainly from God... Like, 100% from God Eater. And there is a God Eater weapons pack that comes in the game. So, okay. I, don't, I don't think that was just like a fun tie-in. I think it's literally right. meant to be in the same universe. So, crossover. So, super cool and potential for crossover with God Eater. I think that's awesome because God Eater is actually a really cool anime and cool universe. So, yeah. Very nifty. So there you go. Spoiler done. Um, but yeah, so, but that's the story though. Like, and that's a huge, that's a huge deal because for me, I think a lot of people quit souls games because they don't have anything that incentivizes them to keep going. You know, you're like, right. why am I even doing this? Well, cause you should want to beat the bosses. Why am I beating bosses? Well, because they're there, <laughs> you know, like you don't, you don't get that, that motivation. This game there's like the, okay, well, we did this. Okay, well, now we have to go do this. And right. Okay, we did that. Okay, now we have to go do this. Okay, we did that. Now we're going to go do that. I could literally like hold your hand and says, okay, here we're going to go from story per point. One to one to one to one to one to the next to the next to the next. And you just don't want to put down the controller. You want to keep going to finish right. the story. And that that is a feeling I've never gotten playing a Souls game. Even sure. Sekiro, to a point, I was like, well, I remember. Okay, I, I think, think it was doing, like, but like, okay. Yeah. Well, I remember like with, it was Souls 2, I think. You you were just like to a point where you're just like, I want to get it done. Like, oh, I yeah. Just, I just want to finish it. Like Souls, I think it was Souls 3, like you just yeah. went through like no issues really. Yeah. But yeah, Souls 2, like especially you were just like, by the end of it, you were, you were, it was like just a relief to not have to do it anymore. Yeah, I'm just done. Like, I just want to be done. And, and I didn't finish this game with that feeling. I, right. I did not have the, I just want to be done. I had the, I want to know what happens. Well, I mean, okay, so it kind of looked like looks uh, to an extent like there were some beat em up moments. Like I watched one boss you did; it looked like a giant half naked angel lady, and yep, and these are about as about as well as descriptive as I can get because I don't yep. remember the names. But like it looked, I think you said like one of the strategies that worked is someone just like went up to her and welded on her until she was dead. Yeah, and so I mean, is it? Are it are all the bosses like that? Is it very much the hey, like you know, you gotta duck, dip, dive, and dodge a whole lot, like like you do in Dark Souls, like you pick your moments and 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 then you capitalize and and repost and things like that, or is it just I'm gonna go smack you with this giant hammer until you're not moving anymore? So the answer is kind of yes to all of that. The okay. the the short of it is is that it is not a refined a combat system as Dark Souls. Okay, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Dark Souls is very unforgiving and forces right. you to learn movesets that are at times very complicated. And I, and I say that meaning that they'll have up to five or six different combinations of moves and then multiple phases that you have to figure out and live through and, and get to. And once sure. you learn those, the bosses become, for lack of a better term, easy as long right. as you can execute on that. These bosses were unique in that they had unique movesets. That, that were sometimes very devastating, but I think the most times it took me to beat a boss was maybe like four or five tries, whereas I have okay. spent hours trying to beat bosses in Souls games. Right. Like literal hours on one boss. I, it, we're talking maybe 20 to well, I mean, how How many hours this. did you spend on the last dude of Sekiro? Didn't you end a stream and have to come back like the next stream to do it? I think the I think the final boss of Sekiro took me almost three hours, right? Because he had he had four phases, mm -hmm. and it and it took me it took me the first hour to understand the first phase, and then the second two hours to understand his second and third phase, right? And and I one shotted him the first try once I got to his final phase. Okay. So, because because it was just a combination of all the previous ones before, so I knew how to handle it. And I but, know some very talented people that that took them like nine hours. Yeah, it was not an easy fight. I I'm not to toot the horn. I'm actually a lot better at those games than I give myself credit for. Yes, I I, I can agree. I can kind of chew through those things. But I think that that overall, the nice thing about this game is that the bosses present difficulty and challenge to where you feel satisfied when you beat them. Right. But you don't. You don't get that sense that it's not like hair pulling. Exactly. You're like, oh man, I was so close. You know, and like, okay, I got this next time. And then you actually get it the next time. 
The other part that helps is that you can have a companion with you the entire game that's AI controlled, or yep. you can play the game with friends. That fact alone makes the game, again, far more accessible because that companion is typically always pulling aggro. So even oh, if really? they have like like in a broken sense, or is it like no, the game like, working? Like that's actually their job is to pull aggro. Their their job. I mean, when their job is to be your companion to fight with you, they right. actually fight. Like they will take out enemies on nice. their own. They they are not weak by any stretch of the imagination. And there's mechanics in the game where you can provide them with health and revive them. They can provide you health and revive you. So you can certainly go masochist and like have no partner and really make the game super super duper challenging. But mm-hmm. as somebody that just wants to experience the game, that is a, a way that without hurting your pride as a gamer allows you to feel like you're going through the game with a buddy that, that really does make the game way more bearable right. and, and less of a grind. And I think that's a huge, huge deal because for me, I don't want the help of another person, but I'm okay with help from an AI because so- the AI is part of the game. I don't want somebody that knows the boss to just come in and, and beat the boss de facto right. for me. Right. If that makes sense. Like, no, no, no. I, I understand. Thing? So like what you're saying too, is like, it, so it's definitely a plus that it doesn't have the aggravation factor of having to be like, Oh man, like, you know, it, it's, it's not difficult for the sake of difficult. Like it actually, yes. it, like, do they, is it because it fits into the narrative or is it just because like, you know, it's just a fairly well-designed boss fight to make you, feel powerful, but not, not, not completely and utterly helpless. Both, right? It's, it's both. They, the bosses fit into the narratives that you're, you're literally going to fight these bosses for a reason. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, because you have the buddy system and you can choose from a wide variety of partners to meet different is it, play is styles. It buddy system, like army of one or, or more, um, yes. Bioshock infinite. Yeah. Yeah. More like, more like army of one. So you, you okay. legitimately have a partner that is capable of dealing just as much damage as you. And they are actually a lot better in ways of using their, their kind of blood abilities. Um, okay. And, and that helps out a lot. Like the guy that I chose was Yakumo. He's basically a tank and I was more of a quick dodge and, and hit stabby, stabby yeah. kind of dexterity guy. So we were so really, it, it, really, you well can do together. that too. Like, is that like a deck? You had like a dexterity tree oh, and then you had like a straight build, tree. Yes. Okay. Yes, and it's based on your weapon. I, did, I the, didn't get to see you like upgrade mail. characters a whole lot, so I yep. didn't know if it had like a full like RPG esque like upgrade system, you know, for it, for, it does, but DPS it's more, gets into play and stuff like that as well. It does, but it's more based off of your it's it's more based off of items than it is you upgrading your stats because it actually auto levels you every time. So as long as you have enough haze, you can level up your character, and and it's very straightforward. It it levels up all your stats. Now you can upgrade weapons, you can upgrade your armor, your blood veil, and you can use different blood codes. Again, like I said, there's 20 some odd different blood codes. Each blood code has its different set of stats. The weapons Mm -hmm. have their different set of stats. Even weapons within the same class have different sets of stats. So if you find a certain class, like I liked one-handed swords, that was my, my thing. Yeah. Well, there was like light one-handed swords. They gave you enhanced mobility or there was more impactful one-handed swords, which I went okay. with. So you still had some speed. It was better than you using a two-handed sword or, or you know, a Readfall recently did like that. that same thing to where it's like you had like light one-handed weapons, heavy one-handed weapons, yes. and you actually had to upgrade the skill tree to be able to use them. Yes, and and you you certainly have some of that where like there's some weapons and abilities that require you to have certain stats, but overall it was more based on off of those upgrading those things and the game did a really good job of making sure you had enough items to do that at the appropriate time. I never right. felt like I was underpowered. If any time that I started to feel that way, I'd be like, oh, I probably need to like teleport back to home base mm-hmm. and just upgrade something. And when I started realizing, it was like, oh yeah, I need to do that. I did that as soon as I possibly could. I, like, I kept mental inventory. I'm like, okay, I have enough of this thing. I can go back and do it. And then from that point on, it was smooth sailing not in the sense I didn't die, but in the sense that I, I never felt like I was like really, really weak in the game. Right. So it, it did a good job of that. But in terms okay. of combat, like a, the, the main thing I want to take away from combat is some people feel so oppressed by souls games that they're overly difficult. This game does a really good job of making you, this would be like the beginner souls. If someone had to say, sure. I really didn't like dark souls, but I think I like that concept. What should I play? Code vein hundred percent. Okay. Um, and I'm going to when when hopefully it goes on sale. Do. Um, 
what else is there? Uh, we talked about that. Oh, accessibility feature. So the partner is one accessibility feature. The other thing that is a constant pain in the dick for Souls games. Right. And this is, this is legitimately why I didn't play Souls games for a number of years, even though I was interested. Knowing where to go. Oh, God, yes. In Souls games, they don't give you a waypoint. You're lucky if you have an NPC that I, says, dude, hey, you thing- should go over here. And they like maybe show you like way off in the distance. I'm like, how the f- dude i i can't tell especially like bloodborne like and and the thing is like those things are pretty cleverly designed yeah yeah. in the end once you kind of know your way and and understand like how the game flows sure god like starting those games especially when i was new to them and just had like heard how like you know difficult they'd be and stuff like that i i was scared to go around every corner because i'm like i this is already hard enough i don't want to get lost for three hours yep and then like make zero progress when i'm not even near like a campfire or a bonfire so the the cool thing about this game is that there's not a whole lot of opportunity for you to go to an area that is higher level than you and okay. what I mean by that is that you can always go back to additional areas that you've already been to and loot them and go for that stuff but the scaling of the of the things like in Dark Souls in Dark Souls 1 when you get to the first main campfire and you deviate from that campfire there's two paths you can go down one path you go down and you trigger some skeletons. They are way over leveled for you and will hand you your lunch more often than not. Most people just bum rush through that area to get some items. They don't actually bother to engage those enemies, but that's how dark souls tells you whether you should be in an area or not is whether or not you feel like you have a chance against the enemies, right? Right. If they're like way stronger and doing way more damage, you probably need to go level up some more before you come to that yeah. area. That's how they communicate to you. In this game, right. it doesn't even give you the opportunity to be in the wrong place because you you literally go from place to place based off of the story, and you so level it's very up much, with items it's, in there. It's it's set piece designed more like a yes dark siders, I guess than yes. than 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 that. Yes, like as you exactly okay. like dark siders, it's still open in the sense that you can go anywhere. But there's going to be areas that unlock as you get the ability to go to that area, and you'll need okay. those abilities or strength or upgrades to be viable in that area. Right, right. There's still lots of secrets. There's still lots of shortcuts. But here's the deal. When you when you go through each of these set pieces, each of these sections, there's two things. One, there's like your campfire or your missile. And then mm-hmm. there's like these corrupted little plants that are like kind of mini missiles. They're not campfires, but they every time you unlock a missile or one of these little like corrupted things, it makes the map visible to you. Okay. It like, it like unveils the fog of war and you always have a mini map and the mini map, you can see updates again as you go. But if you're going through an area for the first time, you're going to be going through the mini map and it shows a trail of where you've been. It shows a trail on the mini map of everywhere that you've gone as you've been on that, in that area. So if you're in an area that's not mapped out, you know that you need to go explore and find either a missile checkpoint or a missile map opener to unveil the rest of that map. And when you do, you get to see all the different pathways. So you can be like, oh, I haven't gone here yet. Oh yeah, I don't have footsteps that go here. So it doesn't expressly tell you where to go per se, but because you're going set piece by set piece and you know that part of what you're supposed to do is map out these areas, it makes it very easy for you to then look for those things and then find out where to go from there. Because you definitely want to explore. There's lots of really cool areas and enemies and items you want to pick up going through all the maps uh, and, and things you want to pick up to unlock more abilities. But having that map for the love of God is so amazing. Right. In no other game in the Soulsborne's games that I have played, do they actually give you a freaking map? Even the surge, which has a like overall map doesn't give right. you a mini map or, or a mapped out of the area that you can draw from at any time and place. And do, this, do you think they do that because so they better. think you would figure out which way to go too easily? Like that's actually part of the difficulty is you don't get to see where you've backtracked and where you've been before. So if yes. you stumble across something, then I think that's it actually is just like a modifier. I think it is. But I also think that that's one of the things that leads to the frustration for so many people like the surge Two, I'm having a lot of fun playing again, similar type of game. I recommend you play it. If you, if you are interested in those games, it's a very well done game. That said, it has that type of pain point for me where it's like, I'm looking on my map or my, my list of objectives to do. And I see general areas that I'm supposed to get to, but I don't know how to get to them. 
And so I'm like kind of wandering in these general directions and I don't remember what paths I took and how I get there. And the only way that I start to get a sense of where to go in how that area works is just through sheer repetition and memorization. So it takes way longer to do that when you don't have a, a reference guide, like a map to be able to, to go through. And it's just, it's a very frustrating thing. So the fact that again, it's an accessibility feature that doesn't take away from the difficulty. It actually encourages exploration. I don't know why more games don't include it. Like it's, it makes no sense to right. me to not, implement this type of feature in this type of way. They, I think it's brilliant. Excellente. <laughs> so, I mean, it has, how long did it take you to beat it? Like you played it for, I mean, you kind of went off and on with it for I a wanna, hot minute. I want to say, I, I, prob, I mean, I probably played it for a good four or five streams total. So probably 20, 25 hours, between 20 and 25 hours. I'll tell you what, we can go to howlongtobeat.com yeah. and find out. What the, what the supposed time is. So if you main story, 25 hours, uh, yep. main and extra 30 and a half and completion is 42 and a half hours. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, do you, how, how, how much of the game do you feel like you actually finished? So I think I probably just went through quicker than they anticipated. Um, because did you, I hundred percent at every map I did okay. not. So when you when you finish an area, you can actually go back to that area and look for NPCs that'll give you quests and additional items. Okay. I didn't do a ton now, of that. Now, oh, is granted. stuff like that easy to find, or is it kind of forcing you to like engage the world in? Oh no, it's super easy. When you go back to that area, okay. there's a little. Is it like the Borderlands exclamation icon. mark? Yeah, there's okay. like a little. You you still have to go and find the person, but if you've unlocked the map, you can see where they are on the map and run right to right. them. You can teleport to the different checkpoints that are usually fairly generous. Once you unlock the shortcuts in the map, which you do naturally through exploring, navigating mm -hmm. the map is very easy. So it's it, it's probably me being lazy, but I've actually always liked when uh, the early Assassin's Creed games, it actually showed you like what the job was that you needed to do. Yes. And so like you didn't go there like not expecting anything necessarily. Like you actually knew what you were going to do before you even started heading that way. Yeah. A lot of these things are like uh, a lot of the side quests that you do are... Uh, uh, like for instance, one guy, the first, when you go back to the first, the very first area you're in, he's like, Oh, you know, I'm, I got lost and there's a big monster in my way. Can you go take him out? And so you literally, there's a big monster. You go and you take him out and you go back to him and he's like, Hey, thanks. And gives you an item. Like it's stuff like that. Or one of the yeah. last, one of the later ones I did was, Oh, I'm looking for all these different documents. They're spread out through all these places, but I'm a human and I'm not a revenant. I, I can't go and fight these things. Can you right. go get these documents? Cause they'll help. And so it's like, Sure. And so you basically just go around and as you're exploring, you pick up these items and then bring them back to the NPC. So okay. it, it, it's not like it's overly complicated or like super amazing story wise, sure. but they'll give you items and those items are useful and, and all that kind of stuff. So I would say there's a fairly rich thing there. Now, again, you're newer to souls types games might take you longer to beat these bosses. I mean, I spent, right. I spent 40 plus hours, my first playthrough of Sekiro, you know, but like, when you spend three hours on a boss, you know, like context, right. it took me probably 25 hours to get to the midpoint of Sekiro. The first time that I played through, I did a second run through of the game to get a bad ending, which is literally about half of the main game. And I did that in less than eight hours. Right. The, 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 <laughs> in fact I did when I, when I started the game over my second playthrough of Sekiro, I literally got through in 30 minutes, legitimately 30 minutes, what took me over three and a half hours to do the first time I played through. Right. Because I knew the mechanics. I knew how to fight. <laughs> I knew where the map was. I knew where to go. All right. of those things play into the speed. So when you say, yeah, between 25 and 40 hours for Code Vein, I can totally see that if you're someone that's not familiar with the combat and it might take you some more tries to beat bosses or you're not familiar with how to play these games. So you might be more hesitant to go in various areas and it might take you longer to, to find where to go or to think of where to go. Right. You can totally see that. I beeline straight through that 20, 25 hours and, and eat it, ate it up, man. It was good. Now, is this something like you feel like you're going to want to go back hundred percent, get it done or is or and once, I'm is, good. once the ending? I'm, yeah, I'm good. Okay. When the credits rolled, I was good, but I, but I okay. didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like, thank God, get me out of here. It was, 
I'm satisfied. That was great. Well, that's what I was wondering. Like, you know, you're satisfied with the game. You you say it's a fun game. You really enjoyed it. But that's like that's what I mean. Like, is it in in your head? Are you contemplating another quicker run, but trying to get like the best ending, or the fact that you can watch it on YouTube? You got the good ending. That's good enough. Yep, that's you know. that's where I'm at. I okay. I, I think that there's. I think that I probably went about as quick as you could. Oh, that's not true. I didn't go as quick as you could go because I def- certainly did some farming at, at parts. But sure. Like, it would not, I, I wouldn't feel any more fulfilled going three to second time than I did the first time. I think okay. that it's just because the, the bosses are not, the bosses are not so nuanced that I feel like there's a trick to them in dark souls. There's usually a trick to a boss. Like, yeah, like even can in code vein, right? Like for, here's an example of where the combat I think falls short, but that's okay. In dark souls games, there's, there's a parry move that you can do there's also a parry in code vein i did not use the parry at all in code vein you know why because it sucks and the timing sucks and it's very awful to use in sekiro pairing is a is one of the chief mate game mechanics and it's near Mm -hmm. instant to do and you can parry almost anything if you don't get good at parrying then you're not gonna like sekiro because that's one of the game mechanics that saves your bacon the whole entire game so that's a thing in Code Vein, you don't need to parry. If you can dodge and you can see their attacks coming, you're like, oh yeah, they've done that attack before. I'm just going to go and, and, you know, side roll, side roll, whack, whack. Side roll, side roll, whack, whack. You know, like, that's all you have to do, but that doesn't mean that that's a boring or uninteresting fight because you're still finding unique moves and cool looking bosses and all that kind of stuff. It just means that it's a more simplified right. version of that combat that is not as as difficult for people to learn or to overcome. So. I think I think that there's a certain amount of of that where I I just don't see a need for me personally to go back and like oh yeah I got to beat this boss like, right right and they do so to be fair too there's a there is a section that I didn't do that some people may find but you can go into like the deeps the deep depths or something and it's basically challenge dungeons so for those of you that okay. want that additional challenge after the game is done you can go down there get items you don't even have to wait to beat the game you can go down there and and try and do clear runs and stuff to get more items earlier in the game. Again, I didn't feel the need to do that. I just wanted to play the main game. If you're someone that, and I've never done challenge dungeons in any of those games. So if you're someone that likes that, they have that ability too. So there's additional replayability and time there. Again, overall, I think for, for a full $60 AAA experience, it it really knocked it out of the park as a brand new IP. And I literally cannot wait them to make another one because I will buy it and I will play it hundred percent. So yeah, fun, I, fun out of fun. I, I I think the idea of like the fact that you're you would play the sequel and buy it immediately is is to me that's almost like not a glowing recommendation of like to play the first game. I don't really know what else would be that you yeah. enjoyed it enough. You're willing to spend money to play another one. Absolutely. Yeah, I I really really want them to continue this, and right. I think I think they did a really. I mean, I was excited <clears> to <throat> play this game in general. I was like, man, this is cool. Like anime Dark Souls, like that's that's an interesting concept. And I was like, look right. at the art, look at the the animations, look at all the stuff. None of that disappointed. In fact, right. there's there's a um, there's a press start to watch episode of Code Vein that I did. If you guys are interested, I did a quick looks and a press start to watch of Code Vein. They're both up on Metrophys. Check for the YouTube and and see if you can find them there uh, to go check them out. But the press start to watch, I told you, I don't know if it's aired yet. I don't think it has, but it's probably one of the most interesting press start to watches I've ever done because there's always something happening. Right. Like, like I literally started off in the middle of a boss fight and then it goes into a cutscene, and then I go to right. a different area and I'm fighting new different types of enemies. I don't take very long to do that. Then there's another cutscene. Then there's another boss fight. Like it, it's just this like roller coaster of constant things happening. And it's so representative of how the game actually is paced. So I would highly recommend you check those things out as well. But yeah. I, I think that more or less wraps up that, that was, we got those feelings out there, man. I we like did. it. We did. So, so I mean, yeah, over, I, overall recommended. Yes. Overall, overall highly recommend, you know, if you're, if you're on the fence, wait for a sale. Sure. But it's well worth the, it's well worth yeah. the price of admission day one to go play that game. I, all the fun out of funds, all the fun out of funds. But with that said, guys, Thanks for, for coming and hanging out, listening to our little little review discussion of Code Vein, as well as the rest of the show that only took 20 minutes. <laughs> and if you would like to uh, to support us and continue to what we do, make sure that you tune right in here to RetroFizz Gaming Weekly, 
on Mixer, Twitch, YouTube, and all the things. You can follow us on the socials at Sean Ware. Oh my goodness, guys, Retrofizz TV on Twitter and Twitch, Retrofizz on Mixer, Real Retrofizz on Instagram. Yeah, we're working on that one. And Retrofizz on TikTok as well. And if you want to support, you can always subscribe on Mixer. But I say this every week, we're eventually going to make tiers for the Patreon. The Patreon will allow us to keep the lights on as long as possible to continue to pay these amazing people uh, to make amazing content for you. So patreon.com forward slash retrofizz. Even a buck or two goes a long way. It's always greatly appreciated. So definitely check those out. Do the thing. That's it. That's all we got. We'll catch you guys next week on Metrophysic Gaming Weekly. Bye-bye. Be the joy.